Good morning. I'm Debbie Cruz. It's Monday, January 30th. We have an update on the rollout of transitional kindergarten in San Diego. More on that next. But first, let's do the headlines. Congress approved two changes recently that'll help reduce cross-border sewage flows in the San Diego region. More money was added to a border pollution cleanup fund and lawmakers authorized $300 million to be moved to the agency that'll build sewage treatment facilities near the border. The mayor of Imperial Beach says pollution ruined last year for IB because beaches were closed a lot, but she is hopeful that federal officials will start expanding the International Wastewater Sewage Plant near the border. A new study by the CDC reports that the new bivalent COVID-19 boosters add protection against the new variants of the virus. And another study showed that the bivalent vaccine also protects against severe disease. Health officials recommend a bivalent booster for everyone six months and older. California voters will weigh in next year on a law aimed at improving working conditions for fast food employees. The measure passed the legislature, but opponents launched a referendum. Corporate giants Chipotle, Starbucks, and In-N-Out Burger each donated $2 million to stop the law from taking effect and let voters decide. The Secretary of State certified that the referendum had enough valid signatures to go before voters next year. The law will be postponed until then. Labor groups say the law would ensure food workers are protected from exploitation. Businesses say it would raise their costs and their prices. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. You've been thinking about helping KPBS with a donation. Why not donate that extra car you no longer need? Pickup is free, and you're supporting KPBS Public Media. Here's how. Visit kpbs.careasy.org. It's a typical morning in this classroom of four- and five-year-olds in San Diego. They're wrapping up their 20 minutes of recess and are lining up to go inside. Next, they'll work with their teacher on practicing letters and sounds. It sounds pretty similar to kindergarten, but this isn't a kindergarten class. It's a new grade called Transitional Kindergarten that is being expanded to all four-year-olds across the state. KPBS reporter Claire Tregeser has been following the progress of this expansion and all of its bumps along the way, and she joins me now. Hi, Debbie. Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. To start, tell us a little more about what Transitional Kindergarten is all about. Sure. So it's all part of this multi-billion dollar plan that Governor Gavin Newsom rolled out last year. And the idea is that by 2025, All four-year-olds in California will be guaranteed a free spot in this grade transitional kindergarten, or TK. And the overall idea is to obviously better prepare children for kindergarten and reduce daycare costs for parents, which, as many people know, can be extremely substantial. Well, those all sound like great things, helping kids, helping parents with daycare costs. So are there problems with it? Well... 
it's a new program. And so, as you said in the beginning, that means there are going to be bumps along the way. In fact, the teachers union in San Diego recently had a rally. Um, it was kind of a listening session with Superintendent Dr. Lamont Jackson. And there they said that they really need more training, more resources, and the schools actually need to set a curriculum for transitional kindergarten that is different from kindergarten. And I recently sat down with Shayna Hazen, who is one of the new members of the San Diego Unified School Board. And she has a background in early childhood education. So I was really eager to hear what she thought about how the transitional kindergarten rollout is going. And one thing that she said repeatedly is, like like we were saying, there isn't a roadmap, meaning there has been no guidance from the state on what the curriculum should be for TK. So San Diego is working on its own, but they're not done yet. So you're saying they're still working on a curriculum for this grade, but we have hundreds of kids in TK right now, right? Exactly, right. All of this is being worked out as kids are going through the grade, and this is their one shot at it. It's not like they'll do TK again next year when things are better sorted out. And Shayna Hazen acknowledges that. So I'm a mom, and I know it's like everything we want, we wanted yesterday, um, because time is of the essence when we're talking about our children, and we're talking about students, right? Every day matters, every week matters, um, and saying, oh, well, next year, right? Well, next year isn't good enough for kids who are in that um, in that grade and in that class this year. And so I know that we are all going as fast as we can. And one other thing that's important to note, Hazen actually has a four-year-old daughter who is eligible for TK this year, but she didn't send her to a TK program at her public school. She kept her in her current preschool. Oh, wow. That's sort of telling. Did you ask her why? Uh, yes. Yes, I did. Um, and she said, first of all, that she and her daughter just love that preschool. And she said, you know, so if it's not broke, don't fix it. Right. But then she also said this. I did not know with confidence um, that putting her into a TK classroom in the district um, would provide that same environment and experience. And I think some of my concerns were, are we ready? Do we have the facilities? Do we have um, staff who are equipped? Right, A lot of the things that we've already talked to, I didn't have confidence in that as a parent, and I didn't want my child to be a guinea pig. Um, and that's why I'm really committed to making sure that every single child has a good experience. Um, and what I've heard from families is it was a little bumpy, um, but everybody... All the feedback I have received is that kids are doing well, um, that things are falling into place. It shouldn't have to be bumpy. So, you know, first of all, it's it was striking to me that she said she didn't want her daughter to be a guinea pig. Um, but then she said, which is what I've heard from parents as well, is that in the end, the TK teachers are are working really hard and the overall experience has been positive despite all of these kind of bumps. Um, and in the end, I asked Shayna Hazen, if your daughter did go to TK this year, how do you think it would have gone? And she said she thought it actually would have been fine. 
there are great things happening in our TK classrooms. We have wonderful educators who care deeply about our kids. We have um, not just one, but two wonderful educators in these classrooms. Um, and we have a whole system that is committed to supporting um, the needs of these kids and, and getting it right. So I think my child would have been fine, um, you know, but I, I'm cautious. Claire Trego, sir, thank you so much for joining us and for following this issue. Yeah, thank you. A San Diego court dismissed tickets against two unhoused people for blocking a sidewalk. As iNews source reporter Cody Dulaney reports, it marks another development in Mayor Todd Gloria's effort to hold unhoused people accountable for refusing shelter. A scheduling error and a San Diego police officer's fumbled testimony. That's how it ended for what appears to be the first two unhoused people to contest citations since San Diego police increased efforts to break up homeless encampments. Last year, Mayor Gloria promised consequences for those who refuse help. The city has since seen a dramatic spike in arrests without any convictions to show for it. A police spokesperson said officers will continue responding to community complaints and addressing unlawful behavior. For KPBS, I'm iNewsource investigative reporter Cody Dulaney. iNewsource is an independently funded nonprofit partner of KPBS. The point in time count took place last week, but for homeless outreach workers, that count continues this time for people living in RVs or cars. KPBS North County reporter Tanya Thorne joined outreach workers in Escondido. After the volunteers have gone home, the work continues for outreach workers like Sergio Cardonas. This morning we're focusing on counting RVs. He is a homeless outreach worker and case manager for Interfaith Community Services in Escondido. While the point in time count took place on Thursday, Outreach workers get additional time to count more people experiencing homelessness. Cardona says he has seen an increase in the number of people living in recreational vehicles in Escondido. At times, it feels overwhelming. Earlier this month, the city of Escondido considered passing stricter RV parking regulations. The ordinance was rejected and will return to city council when more information and options are put together by city staff. Tanya Thorne, KPBS News. There has been a long-running legal fight over how much money San Diegans with housing vouchers can get. KPBS investigative reporter Claire Tregesser has details. It's difficult being uh, poor uh, and on Section 8. Tasha Williamson has a housing voucher that helps her pay rent. Last year, her voucher amount went up by a lot. That saved her after her rent increased. Unfortunately, due to uh, SDG&E going up... <laughs> Uh, it really hasn't changed much. <laughs> and the fact that food has gone up, so it's almost um, back where I was at. Last year, in the midst of a long-running lawsuit, the city's housing commission raised its voucher amounts significantly. They went up by 37% for the most expensive neighborhoods. Now, there's a $1 million legal fight over who gets credit for the higher amounts. 
The fight started back in 2019. The San Diego NAACP and San Diego Tenants Union sued the Housing Commission. They claimed the commission didn't give people enough money to live in neighborhoods with better amenities and better schools. The suit argues that this causes racial segregation. Then, in 2022, the Housing Commission raised its voucher amounts significantly. So, the plaintiffs declared victory and asked that their lawsuit be dismissed. Their attorney, Parisa Ajati Matsudi, says the increases were a direct result of their lawsuit. Here, the substantial change the Housing Commission made constituted nothing short of a leapfrogging over years of woefully inadequate payment standards. In fact, for high-opportunity neighborhoods, it was a larger increase percentage-wise than for all four of the previous years combined. The court found the Housing Commission made the change because of the lawsuit. But the Housing Commission objects to that idea. Interim CEO Jeff Davis says the agency raised the voucher amounts because it succeeded in getting more money from the federal government. And that success allowed us to substantially raise our payment standards uh, that year. Our methodology for determining payment standards each year has not changed, despite uh, what some have implied. No litigation had any effect on these changes whatsoever. The issue isn't just about who gets credit for the bigger vouchers. It's about money for lawyers. A recent court ruling says if plaintiffs succeed in bringing about change, they can collect attorney's fees from the other side. That's what happened in this case. A judge says the San Diego Housing Commission has to repay the attorney's fees for the plaintiffs, more than $1 million. But the legal battle may continue. The Housing Commission Board of Directors recently voted to instruct their attorneys to explore further action. Claire Tregesser, KPBS News. The city of Carlsbad saw a 233% increase in collisions involving bikes and e-bikes since 2019. So officials declared a local emergency and increased enforcement on the roads. KPBS North County reporter Tanya Thorne says now they're asking all of Carlsbad to create safer streets together. The city of Carlsbad is asking people to take its Safer Streets Together pledge. The goal is to keep Carlsbad Street safer for drivers, bikers, and pedestrians. We've made it very easy. You can just go to our website, carlsbadca.gov, and enter your name. But that is just step one. Carlsbad Councilmember Teresa Acosta says the second step is to share the pledge with friends and family. And then there's education. The city will partner with the San Diego County Bicycle Coalition and circulate San Diego for community workshops. The first one is scheduled on February 9th. The Safer Streets Together pledge can be taken on the city's website. Take the pledge, Carlsbad! Tanya Thorne, KPBS News. Coming up, efforts to get more people to become child psychiatrists appear to be paying off. We'll have that story and more next, just after the break.
Long ago, when the public square was the only place to share news, events, and happenings, people were drawn to it. Living in community with others was the route to understanding each other and the world around us. The public square has changed dramatically, but our need to learn and understand one another hasn't. This is Port of Entry, the Parker Edison Project. Listener supported KPBS Cinema Junkie. Thank you for listening to KPBS Podcast and for being part of our region's virtual public square, where you learn not only about the headlines of the day, but about culture, music, and the issues that are important to all of us. Help keep the virtual square alive and well. Support podcasts like the one you're listening to right now. Just go to kpbs.org, click the blue Give Now button, and make a donation. And thanks again. A UCSD program to support children's mental health seems to be working. KPBS education reporter M.G. Perez has more on the grant that's funding it. In 2020, the UCSD Medical School received a $4 million grant from United Health Group to attract more students to jobs in child and adolescent psychiatry. Dr. Yusra Ben-Halim is the National United Health Group Medical Director. She says two years into the grant program, administrators now report a significant number of medical students enrolled in the work have committed to become psychiatrists to help children traumatized by the COVID pandemic. A program like this can demonstrate the value of creating an opportunity that connects people, that they can not only learn, but they get excited. UC San Francisco was also given the $4 million grant two years ago with a similar program to increase the number of child psychiatrists in Northern California. M.G. Perez, KPBS News. In other mental health-related news, veterans in immediate suicidal crisis can now receive free emergency care wherever they are. KPBS health reporter Matt Hoffman has more. We want to provide care to any veteran who's in need. Nilufar Afari is Associate Chief of Staff for Mental Health at VA San Diego. She says thanks to the Compact Act, veterans experiencing acute suicidal crisis can now go to any hospital's emergency room, whether that be at the VA or otherwise, without having to worry about a bill. Really, the intent here isn't to do anything different clinically. The intent is to be able to provide the clinical services for suicidal care without a cost to the veteran. Under the new policy, veterans don't have to be enrolled in the VA system to be covered. Anyone experiencing thoughts of suicide can dial 988 to access the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. It's available 24 hours a day. Matt Hoffman, KPBS News. That's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Debbie Cruz. Thanks for listening and have a great Monday.